What's up? What's up, everybody? It's your boy, Headstacks. Welcome to Headstacks Corner. This is season three, the very first episode of season three. We are live. We are back. It's been a while since I've recorded and did this. I've been super busy. I'm sorry I've missed my fans and people like that. You know what I mean? I'm back and I'm ready to go. So this is the first episode of season three. And this is the month of May. So if y'all don't know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So today's episode, we're just going to be talking about mental health, uh, things like anxiety attacks, you know, what mental health is and how it's not taken seriously. So we're just going to dig into that. And I have girl, Kylie, Beth. Yo, what's up? What's up, Beth? How you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm glad that you took the time out of your day to come on to my podcast. And, you know, we're going to do this episode about mental health. And um, I'm just I'm, I'm excited. I'm so. just as excited as you. The energy <laughs> is definitely matched today. Don't worry. That's right. Well, we're about to kill it. So <clears throat> um, with all that being said, I was just telling them before you got on that, you know, our show is about mental health because May is the month of mental health awareness. So I wanted to do an episode on that. And I know like you're like a mental health coach, or, you know, so. I yeah, I would say a mindfulness coach. That's more where I feel comfortable um, and confident is in the mindfulness department. Yeah. And I, I've always seen you on Instagram, you know, posting positive messages. You know, you always start off by saying, make it a great motherfucking day. Hell yeah. <laughs> My dad actually gave that to me. He, he the one day he read it and he said, you know, it's a really good perspective. Instead of have a great day, make it a great day. Shift the perspective and make it in your control. So ever since he told me that, I've been running with it. And the motherfucker just makes it me. So, <laughs> Right. I, I love that. I love that so much. So I know you just made a big move not too long ago all the way across country. I did. I did. Pennsylvania to California. Woo! Pennsylvania to California. Steep. <laughs> Look at you. So I just want to ask you, on a scale one through 10, how nervous were you moving all the way across the country? Like, what was running through your mind? 25. Like, that, Mm. honestly, I really wanted to do it. Like, I've always seen myself in California. It wasn't just kind of like on a whim type of thing. But mm-hmm. it felt like it in the moment. There was a lot of preparation. There was about two and a half years before of research and and saving and, you know, all the stuff that goes into it. And right. the initial, like, move, I visited California two months before I ended up moving for the first time, like, for a weekend and decided where I was going to live and made the commitment based off of a weekend and just trusted in the energy and trusted that I knew I should be there. However... That doesn't mean that I wasn't experiencing panic attacks and a huge mental shift when I got here that I was completely unprepared for. Hmm. What? So was it like thoughts going through your head? Was it people saying stuff to you? Like, you know, what are yeah. you doing out there? It's for tough. Sure. A lot of, and I mean, maybe you've, you've heard this or you've had people in your life who have heard this or you've said it maybe. Um, oh, why would you do that? It's, it's so far. Like, you know, I've noticed when people throw those questions at you or like, are you sure? It's almost as if they wanted to do something that big and they didn't. So they were scared to take you. 
Yeah, exactly. And they're trying to make it as as if like they're trying to put their fears on you. They're projecting on you, and that becomes a lot. And if you're not aware of the projection coming from them, then you can really uh, identify with that and then start to question yourself. And something with that, as I was doing my research, I read um, you have to remind yourself all the time why you made the move. You can't sit in the day-to-day and reminisce on what your life was and think about all the things you missed back home because you have to keep grinding, keep hustling, keep making that sacrifice to achieve what you initially came out here for. And Mm -hmm. sacrifice is hard and sacrifice brings you down mentally for sure. Like it's not an easy thing whatsoever, but it's manageable. That's what's important is it's manageable. And you did, you, you did something that a lot of people are afraid to do. So yeah. I'm proud of you, you know, all the <laughs> people that doubted you, fuck them, you know? <laughs> right, honestly, that, that's how I feel, and, like, in the most polite way, though. Yeah, uh, in the most, yeah. In the most polite way, because I've grown so much since being in California. I, I don't know the exact amount, but it's over a year and a half now, and uh, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to grow in the ways that I have if I hadn't made the move. Hmm. So, okay. for me that makes it worth it. Like reminding myself of why I came out here yet, but also reminding myself and seeing the progress that I've made since being here is more motivation to keep going and more motivation to right to keep, keep it up. Keep my yeah, keep my mental health healthy, you know, and not right. not let myself fall because it's very easy to succumb to the sadness and the loneliness when you literally move um, yeah. across with, the country. With yeah, no yeah. friends, no mm-hmm. family, you know, you're, you're, you're out your comfort zone now, but sometimes oh, sure. I always say you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. You got to sure. step out of your comfort zone, you know? I um, completely agree. I completely agree. All the growth happens in the discomfort for sure. So I, I let me ask you this. So I know you moved out there with your boyfriend. For um, sure. So do you think that you could have made this move by yourself? Like, could you have packed up? by yourself with no boyfriend and just say, I'm going to just move. Do you think that you could have did that by yourself? It's funny that you asked me that because I think about that every day. Um, I don't know. I couldn't imagine not having someone out here. Mm. However, our experiences were very different and I got into working at the dispensary and like made friends relatively quickly um so i in that sense like maybe i would have been all right you know yeah. like maybe i would have been okay by myself because like i went to college by myself you know like i could do it alone right. but 2700 miles away by myself hey i mean there's a like i don't know it makes it a lot easier when you have someone else going with through yep. yeah like we literally did the same move it's just we both are having completely different experiences Mm -hmm. so i don't know i I, sometimes even though he's here like i feel alone and he feels the same you know because we're you don't experience the same thing and and that's one thing to put into mental health is like not everybody fits the same category like i have anxiety someone else with anxiety might feel something completely different than i do or the way that they um deal with it might be different than I do something like not everything works for everyone, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so definitely to answer your question, I think it's a pretty even 50, 50. Yes, I could. 
but the I other just, half you're like uh yeah and i mean i, I want to be bi-coastal so it's like i i want to be able to do my own thing and like be an individual and have my like you know travel on my own and have if i want to be over there i could be over there so right I, I, the 50 50 is is pretty solid because that's what i want is 50 50 i want to be able to do all those things but i don't know i i, I think i could have but right. I'm, I'm glad i didn't okay okay i think um, if anything the shift happens after that like the move comes together and it's like okay and then you really find yourself as an individual and it's like do you want to like try this being an adult by yourself like cool like okay now we have someone in california who could support the other person right you know like it would have been way more difficult if we both were like okay let's like move separately mm -hmm. and um, i definitely feel that 100 percent um I was just one. I wanted to say, I also feel as though I wanted to do this episode with you because I feel like mental health is just not taken seriously enough. Like some people it's think it's a trend or like they think it's something you can snap out of or it's a choice. Mm -hmm. It's attention seeking. And like a lot of times, and this is why I always try to be nice to people, no matter, mm -hmm. you know, who you are, because you don't know what somebody's going through. Somebody could look completely fine on the outside and have a massive, massive, storm going through their head and you would never know right completely and there's we run into people every day we live with people like that we're friends with people like that and the sad the part sad. is a lot of people don't feel comfortable they don't right. have someone that they can talk to and even like we all have a best friend you know like we all have someone who we tell everything to but mm -hmm. even that person might not know Right. There might not be that level of comfort because if the other person, one, doesn't come forth and tell you if they're dealing with anything and gives off, like, you know, the happy-go-lucky, like, everything's great, mm -hmm. you're making an assumption that they're good and you're not communicating that you're not good, but you're also then preventing yourself because you don't know if they're going to reciprocate or understand. Because right. this is something that a lot of us have kept to ourselves and have kept quiet on. Um, mm -hmm. I remember... I don't know how many years ago it was, but I was driving down the highway um, in Pennsylvania and it was like when mental health started to become talked about, it wasn't as taboo anymore. And there was a bill, there was a billboard. And like, at that point I had been in and out of therapy my whole life. Um, I've never been just, to therapy, but go ahead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I didn't, um, I didn't talk about it. So like the fact that right. it was on a billboard, it was kind of just like, Whoa. And then, like uh famous people started talking that they that they were dealing with it and at that point then that for some reason i don't i don't know why when a famous person talks about it it like makes it makes like, it big real yeah. like it's a thing but mm -hmm. the people who are right next to us and our loved ones who are going through it it like doesn't right. exist so and that's a whole other conversation that i don't understand right um, and like yeah mm -hmm. mental health yeah. Yeah, it's something that really should have been taken seriously. And like, it doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. It doesn't nope. matter if you're tall, short, fat, skinny. A woman, a man, nothing. Man, like Yeah, it. everybody, I believe everybody has it to a degree. And me personally, like I said, mental health is not, it's not, an, it's not a choice or something you can snap out of because I'm look, if I can damn sure snap out of it and stop thinking about some of the things that I've gone through, you would. So you bet your ass. I, I, I would, you don't even know how much I would pay. Right. And that's how a stop. lot of people feel. Yeah. Um, and I honestly, my mom recently had just said to me because I feel like my mom 
at first when I told her, you know, I was having anxiety, you know, she she would always say like, you know, just get over it. It's, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's something like it's not that deep. And I'm like, you know, just because it's not that deep to you doesn't mean it's not that deep to me. And right. as a man and then growing up in a black community, mm-hmm. um, we are taught to not show our feelings. It's a right. sign of weakness. So I kept everything bottled up inside and it honestly just made everything worse. Uh, so, yeah, for sure. As it would. As it uh, would. So just recently, though, um, my mom, she, because this, this is, goes in what I was saying where people don't even know, like, when they're having anxiety attacks or, like, when they have mm-hmm. mental health issues. But I had visited California a few times. And my mom recently just said to me, you know what, what I was just thinking, you know, when you always tell me about your anxiety attacks and everything, my mom, cause she, she called me one day and she was like, you remember that time I called you and like, you know, the time zone and stuff like that. So it was mm-hmm. like what, five or six o'clock in the morning out there. So it was like nine, 10 o'clock on the East coast. She's calling me and I'm like, who's blowing my phone up? And my mom was like, you know, she said at that time, I thought like you were like an earthquake was going to happen. And you know, so you were going to get hurt really bad because, you know, earthquakes happen in California. And she was just like, I was panicking and I wanted to make sure you were okay. And I was right. like, that's an anxiety attack. Right. You know, that is an anxiety right. attack right there. So. Yeah. And people just don't know. Like, they don't know. And yeah. it's such a common, like, there's daily anxiety. You know, there's. There's like different working. forms. There's, there's different forms of anxiety and there's different uh, severities of anxiety. So someone who has minor like daily anxiety might not understand someone who deals with massive, massive, deep, like right. inner anxiety that can't leave the house, you know, like there are people who struggle with that. And mm-hmm. it's a good thing now that it's open to talk about, but it's also right. hard when you're looking for support and something for me, I found that support um, in going to therapy one with an individual therapist and in a group um, in a group setting as well. But if you can find someone who is open-minded enough, not necessarily goes through the same things as you, because there's not a person on this planet who experiences the same things that you do the same exact way that you do. We're all so individual and unique. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you can find someone who goes through grows through and you practices using the tools to shift their life and shift their mental state when you found support in community you don't need to find someone who's who has the same um issue as you but you need to find someone with the open-mindedness to understand that something isn't right and it's It's not it's Mm -hmm. not a face thing like if you look happy you have to be aware like maybe underneath they're really struggling and they're just trying to put on the brave face for someone else. Yes. And that's that's it the majority of the time. It's not even for themselves, for the person feeling that way. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time, it's for everyone else around them. So they don't pull them in to what they're feeling and what they're experiencing. Yeah, exactly. That's a good That's a good point. Um, and basically, you basically had said what I was going to say. like Because there's like different types of forms of anxiety. Like anxiety comes in all types of ways. Like it could be your mind honestly making you believe something that isn't true at all right or it could be you just panicking freaking out over a real life everyday situation yeah Um, well your mind doesn't know the difference between imaginary and and real so you can thoroughly convince yourself into 
into anything really. And that's, I mean, a whole other topic of conversation, but manifestation falls into that and words of affirmation and words of affirmation Mm -hmm. are a tool that I use uh, specifically when I'm feeling anxiety. And a recent example of that for me is I don't like to fly Mm -hmm. at all. I can't stand the fact that I'm up that high in an airplane and I'm not attached to the ground. Like, I don't like that. It just really bothers me. And whenever I feel turbulence, it makes my heart race. Like I, 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 you know, sometimes I feel like I can't control it. And what Mm -hmm. I do, I mean, I take a lot of edibles to like make myself sleep. (laughs) Like, but the last just get drunk or high the whole flight right i was more (laughs) awake than i was than i than i normally am and we had a little bit of turbulence and i just kept repeating to myself i love this more than i fear it over and over again because Mm. i want to travel i want to see the world and to do that i'm gonna need to get on an airplane Mm -hmm. and i don't i don't want to feel the anxiety i don't want to have to take edible i mean i like to sleep on planes like i don't necessarily want to be awake the whole time so like maybe stick with the edibles (laughs) but uh for the times that I'm conscious and, and feeling anxious, repeating something and replacing the fear with love or with something accepting mm-hmm. helps me a lot. Oh, um, I, I do that in more situations, but that's just a, a really recent example from when I came back a couple weeks ago. It's funny that you, you know, well, not funny, but it's ironic that you said that because um, December of 2019, January 2020, uh, I went to Paris and London at mm-hmm. the time. And I still have the video on my phone because it's a beautiful, beautiful video, right? Um, so as we were leaving, I just happened to look out, you know, look out the window of the plane. And when I tell you it was nothing but water, oh. and I like shut the window and like mm-hmm. I had to run to the bathroom because I was about to throw up. I was like, yep. oh. My God, we are flying over the fucking ocean. Yep. <laughs> if this plane falls, <laughs> yeah, we're going to be shark food, octopus dessert. Yep. And I was just like, whoa, and not like an anxiety. This, this was an anxiety attack. It's an episode of fear. Like mm-hmm. I started to sweat. Yep. My knees were shaking. It got weak. My heart was racing. Um, I had shortness of breath. I was like, whoa, you know, like. Yep. Why did I just do that to my why did I just do that to myself? Right. Uh, Well, I mean, it's not even do it to yourself. It's just about an allowance at that point. It's gonna happen. You can't like that's the thing, is like it's going to come up. It's going to happen. The practice of mindfulness and finding uh remedies to to manage uh the anxiety, depression, panic, whatever it is, um, it's all practice. Mm -hmm. And Uh, it's go ahead. No, go ahead. Huh? Go ahead. No, it, it's just it's all practice and it's all going to okay. come. You can't you can't prevent it from happening, but you can practice solutions and implement tools that will manage when it does happen. And mm. something as simple as anxiety is rising, saying that out loud. My therapist, her name was Beth as well. She's super awesome. If you're in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, she's great. Um, but she would just say, just state out loud, name it. Anger is arising. Anxiety is arising. Like whatever it is, just name okay. it and claim it and say it out loud. You're then bringing mm. attention to it. You know to that it. it's there and then you can let it go. Because if you don't bring attention to it and you're just sitting in it, in your thoughts, in your conscious mind, wow. right? All you're hearing is inner noise. It's so loud. 
and you want someone to pull you out of it. You want someone to like grab your attention, right? But you can do that yourself. You don't need someone to open the door and walk in the room and pull so, you out of your thoughts. You can okay. you can bring the attention yourself. So that's like you attacking your anxiety head on, like 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 uh, identifying it. Exactly. Once you name it and know that it's there, you can do with whatever you want to it. Hmm. You know, if you don't know it's there, it's just going to keep messing with you. The hmm. second that you name it and that you're like, okay, th I'm feeling this, like this is rummaging inside of me. I'm aware of it. What are my next steps to get away to get uh, to get through it? And for me, wow. I name it. And then if I'm in not if I'm in more of an attack, like I'm I'm hyperventilating or like I'm crying, I scream. Like I know this is really personal, but like when I'm in a severe panic attack, uh, I'm like screaming and crying to try to get it out. But I'm not screaming like I'm screaming and it sounds angry, but I'm telling myself like I love you and it's okay, calm down. Right. Uh, okay. But hmm. to pull myself out of that so I don't get to that point, I start naming things in the room or if I'm in the car or wherever it is, you just start naming. So, like, I see a sewing machine, I see a candle, I see a torch, I see a lamp, I see a fan. You know, like, you just right. name everything. And once you name everything that's in front of you, you start naming colors. I see blue, I see white, I see purple, pink. And, like, that takes you – and you say it out loud because it takes you out of your, your conscious mind, your subconscious mind. Hmm. Well, you learn something new every day. I actually, so I actually will take that into consideration. Yeah, try it out. Let me know how it works. Definitely. Um, I also got to get uh, you know, your your uh number for your 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 be mindful text. Um, oh yes. <laughs> definitely, well, you can definitely. drop your number in the chat. You know, for anybody, you can also you know, give it out on, on my podcast. Uh -uh, for yeah, people. for sure. Let me. I'll I'll type it in. I got you, and I'll I'll say it out loud. It's going to well out loud. It's eight four four five nine four zero five one four, and I will copy and paste that into the chat as well. Yeah, I definitely and I definitely love seeing positive messages to bet you know to wake up and start my day. Um, and I don't I know I told you off air, but you were the reason why I downloaded the app, Internal Sunshine app, and yes. people. Who don't know that the internal sunshine app sends you a positive message once or twice a day. It does. It does. And honestly, it got me started in that was like right around the time when I started going to therapy and I discovered mindfulness and I discovered meditation. So at that time when I couldn't provide it for myself and I wasn't open to spiritual and divine guidance at that mm -hmm. like as I am now, that was really helpful for me because it was reminders, because they matched up to how I was feeling. And it was, it was really solid. And they, they send out good, good messages, but I know you still receive them, correct? I haven't, yeah, I haven't I transferred do. it on my phone. And the reason, you know, like I said, looking at your stories at the time on Instagram was really big for me because uh, that was around the time where I was really going through a deep, dark fate, you know, phase of my life of depression and anxiety and um, before we even get into um, our personal anxiety stories, mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you are uh, anybody out there. If you watch basketball, I don't know if you watch basketball, Beth. For sure. Uh, but it's an NBA player named Kevin Love. Um, he started his own mental health awareness foundation called the K. It's, I think it's I believe it's KFL. But I I looked up. Um, he I don't know if you know or anybody out there knows, but. He talked about how he experienced an anxiety attack in the middle of a basketball game. Um, the game was close. 
it was a close basketball game. And this is what he has said. He said, um, for 29 years, I thought about mental health as someone else's problem. Sure, I knew on some level that some people benefited from asking for help or opening up. I just never thought it was for me. To me, it was a form of weakness that could derail my success in sports or make me seem weird or different. He said, then came in, then came the panic attack. So on November 5th, 2017, he said, when I got to the bench, I felt my heart racing faster than usual. Then I was having trouble catching my breath. It was hard to describe, but everything was spinning, like my brain was trying to climb out of my head. The air felt thick and heavy. My mouth was like chalk. He said, I remember a coach yelling about a defensive play. I nodded, but I didn't hear much of what was said. By that point, I started to freak out. When I got out of the huddle, I knew that I could not re-enter the game. I like, I literally could not do it. I made my way back to the locker room. I was running from room to room. I was looking for something that I couldn't find. Really, I was just hoping my heart would stop racing. It was like my body was trying to say to me, you're about to die. He said, I ended up on the floor, lying on my back, trying to get enough air to breathe. Uh <clears throat> And that he said, is "Yeah, descriptive takes me back, takes me right there." Yeah, um, and he's and, and, and it's it's not funny, but the game was close. Like it was a close game, and you know, I guess they were going to go to him to make the you know to make the game winning shot. Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Oh my god!" You know, fans are screaming my name, and that he had anxiety attacking, like you had said earlier. For some reason, when celebrities or rich people would talk about it, then it's you know. It's a thing. It it's exists. Thing. And that's when the NBA blew up about it. Yeah. But like, you know, people have been crying out for help like that. But yeah. Um, well, that's the thing, too, is if you're not receptive to hear the cries, you're never going to. Right. So um, I just wanted to share that. Um, so with that's all that being powerful, yeah. it's powerful. Yeah. Like, it's it's really powerful. Yeah. And this is somebody that's made over two hundred million dollars. Uh, and, and he he just took you through it. Like, and when, when you were reading that, I envisioned the entire situation. Like I was right there. Yeah. I, uh, mm -hmm. it's crazy because not a lot of people can, uh, communicate that in a way to make someone really like see the journey that they just experienced because it's such an inside journey and the running and the try, like literally he, like he was trying to escape his mind. Like Mm -hmm. that, and you can't, and that's why you have to sit and you have to face it and you have to work through it. But it's like, yo, that really, that took yeah, me back. That was, it made that me was remember powerful. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so with all that now being said, do you want to share like a personal, personal anxiety story or anxiety attack that you have? And, you know, I can tell mine's or, you know, <clears throat> I mean, it's up to you. I, you want to lead the way? Okay. So I, I have a few. So I'll, I'll let you lead the way, and then I'll bounce off of you. Okay. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell two two anxiety like real okay. anxiety attacks that I had. Um, my very first episode is called Anxiety and Depression on season one. Um, it actually has the most downloaded um episodes out of all the episodes that I've done on my podcast. Goes um, to show the interest, which is good. Yeah. Um, and I'm not embarrassed to talk about it anymore, but I'm going to drop another bombshell that I didn't even say on that episode. <laughs> so, um, 
so this girl that I had met, you know, we liked each other. We were attracted to each other. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were texting and we were just talking about all the, you know, sexual things that we were going to do to each other when we saw each other. Right. And, um, you know, I wasn't even thinking, like, I was thinking like, yo, I'm like, this girl is beautiful. Like, you know, I'm going to, you know, sleep with her and, you know, <laughs> it's this is about to be great. So, um, when the time comes, like we're kissing and doing this, that, and everything else, and I wasn't able to get my, my penis did not get erected. Right. Like it did not get erected. And she was just like staring, like, you know, what's going on? And, you know, I myself, I didn't even know what was going on. And like, and like I started to panic. I started sweating and like my heart was racing because this had never happened to me before. Right. Um, and I know a lot of men out there, we don't talk about it, but this that's probably one of the most embarrassing things that can happen to you. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. Oh, uh, it's so embarrassing. And I still think about it. This was four or five years ago from today. Um, I, I remember that it, it was October 22nd, 2017, like at 1035 p.m. I like I remember how I felt. <laughs> I remember it all. And can I, I cannot ask you believe a question, though. What yeah. was more embarrassing? The fact that that didn't happen or the, the like how she made you feel like what was really the the triggering point that stuck with you for four or five years? The fact that it didn't happen because it never happened before. Um. Like I was so embarrassed. Like I, I would have, I wouldn't even have been embarrassed, Beth, if I got it up and I lasted a minute. I probably even wouldn't even been embarrassed. It's the fact that I could not even get it up. Right. Like I didn't get it up at all, and she was just like, "What? Am I ugly? You right. know, what, like, oh, do yeah. I stink? What? Like, what is it? You know." So I, I went into the bathroom. You know, I, I splashed some water on my face, looked myself in the mirror. I took a shot and I was like, you know, like be a man, like, you know, be a man, you know. And I went out and I like told her, you know, hey, you're like, give me some head or whatever. She was like, no, like you can't get it up. And so like her attitude also made it worse. Right. And my she wasn't ego, supportive or understanding. Yeah, my ego was called, like my ego. I don't know. I guess you could say my ego, my manhood felt like it was like destroyed at that very right. moment. It was destroyed. Um, because I didn't know how to feel or think. And before I go into what I, you know, how it affected me, I want to ask you, Beth, how would you have reacted to that if that has happened to you? It has happened to me before, um, in the context of a relationship and outside of a relationship. So both times the reaction was on myself, like how you were saying, am I ugly? What's wrong with me? Like, it turned on to me. I would never, I wasn't ever like judgmental of the guy. It was always inner on myself. And I think that just goes to show my lack of self love and confidence in myself and understanding that like people are human and like things don't always work all the time. And like, you know, mm-hmm. it's okay. Like it's a human thing. And if at the end of the day, if you like sex is human and if you can't understand that shit happens, then like, you probably mm. shouldn't be getting involved in it anyways. Mm. It's a choice. It's an energy exchange. Like if, if you're not down to support yeah. and like understand the other person and their energy, then like, don't, don't do that with the other person. So for me, 
Um, I always turned it on myself. I always thought that I, I like felt ugly or like they weren't attracted to me anymore. Um, that's a big one. Like, oh, you're not attracted to me anymore. Uh, and for yeah. me, like I, I lost a lot of weight uh, when I moved to California. I dropped like 50 pounds of muscle and, and some fat. And uh, it really changed my identity. So for me, like for real, for real, I was like, oh, like, are you not attracted to me anymore? Or uh, wow. really, really having those inner thoughts. And, you know, no matter what the partner says, like, no, it's you not know, you, like, whatever, you're still going to internalize that no matter what. So it, right. it, it becomes up to you, no matter, no matter the situation, to, to make yourself not feel like that. Um, hmm. But it's, it's science, you know, shit happens. There's no reason right. to judge or be mean, like, at all. And I don't know. I, I, I don't think yeah. that that's right. So, yeah, she made fun of me. <laughs> she made fun of me. She told everybody, like, at the, at the Yeah, that's job. not cool. Like, what are, like, that's, that's just not a cool, a cool thing to do at all. Like, as a person, as a girl, as a human, like, that's, as a friend, that's not respectful. So, I wouldn't ever do that. But, yeah, there's no judgment. It might be awkward. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, don't think, like, just because someone's not judging you, it might not be uncomfortable. Like, depending on how comfortable you are with the other person is going to determine the level, the level of comfortability if and when that happens. Right. So that's a that's a factor as well. So that yeah, that was uh that was super embarrassing for me. Mm -hmm. Um I've been there, I've been shut down. I'll tell my story. Yeah, um and then the the second one that I really remember, it was uh in it was in June of 2020. This was your I'm not sure well, you probably do. You remember the Mar the Ahmad Berry uh shooting that happened in Georgia where he yes. was running? Uh so this was like around that time. And at the time, like when I was at work, you know, it was real slow that day. And I just happened to end up just seeing the video. So after work was over, I was planning on doing, you know, some door dashing or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like I had my windows rolled down, like no music was playing or nothing. Like it was just a nice sunny day and I was just enjoying the weather. And a cop, you know, pulled up next to me and like just gave me like a nasty dirty look like a like an evil snarl right and i remember how i felt i couldn't breathe i started sweating and like i automatically stopped and i pulled into the parking lot and i couldn't breathe and i started breathing then i vividly remember i didn't care if i got a ticket i wasn't even worried about an accident i'm surprised that i didn't cause the accident I sped home running every single light on my way to the house. I sped home just sweating and like can't breathe. I, I was just sweating the whole time because I really thought that that officer wanted to hurt me or kill me. Right. And I, when I got home, I ran into the house. I shut my door and I stayed in my room all day and I literally cried. Because I was like, is this what my life is going to be for a black, like a black person in America? Like a cop, like he wants to kill me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like freaking out. And he just looked at me and like that just ruined my entire day. Mm -hmm. um, so those are like the two like real, real bad anxiety attacks. And I've had anxiety and things before that. But like those were attacks, like the times yeah. where like, you know what I mean? Yeah, the actual like attack, the vicious. Um, yeah, like the vicious, whole thing. like, like yeah. oh my god! And um, I'll let you go. You know, tell yours, but we could talk about you know the bad habits. Or yeah, how yeah. It impacted well, us after. Uh, for sure. So, so for me, more so, 
uh, I guess I'll start with we'll like, keep it matched. So my first um, embarrassing like sexual anxiety story came in college. Um, but I guess backtrack five seconds. My identity up and until very recently was very much so that oriented. Um, my body and the reaction response I got in my whole life had really curated this like sex is love and that's what you're desired for. And like, once you give that, then they'll be able to get to know you and and, like fall in love with you. You know, like it was a really like morbid, like fucked up perception of, of love. And there's a lot of backstory on that. And uh, I mean, if you ever have me on again, like we can definitely talk more about like childhood and how that impacted mental health. If you wanted to continue on this topic, I'm more than happy to open up about that. Um, but a little backstory, basically, that's what my identity was curated in. And that's what I knew to do. That's what I knew would get me like anywhere things, you know, Mm. whoever I wanted. Um, so that identity was very strong for me from a, from a young age. I think it started, I was 13, 14 when it first started developing. And then it hit really strong in like eighth grade, freshman year of high school. Um, because I was getting attention from someone who was in high school and it really like, it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, like I can, you yeah. know, like I, I can do what yeah, I get built the confidence. Like right. what? Like I can do, you know, like I like can I'm do the whatever. Shit. <laughs> exactly. Like, and it, and it stayed with me for a long time and it really shaped like how I interacted in life. And like, I wasn't really a relationship type of girl ever, um, up and until now. So Anyways, in college, uh, before I had met uh, Joelle, like you had mentioned, a mutual friend of you and mine and I were really cool vibing with each other. We liked each other a lot. Um, We were hanging out and like, it was literally like just, we were in the dorms and like, we were just like dancing to music. Like it was like, but like not with each other. Like it was like, it was like Jersey club music on. Like we were just like bopping around. It was fun. And then, you know, like my mind switched into, okay, like I need to do what I need to do to like get what I want, which was him and like more so a relationship. Like I really liked the kid. Um, And he literally like stopped me and he was like, why do you think that that's what everybody wants? He's like, like playing like that to my face. And when I tell you, like you ever feel like your soul leave your body? Yeah. (laughs) It was like that. Like I was like, whoa, because one, first of all, no one had ever said that to me before. Um, he two, you down. right? Like you want to talk about ego? Like shit was t- damaged, like bruised mm-hmm. to the core. Like he punched my ego so hard. So like that happened, and then he was more so like really getting to the root of the problem, being like, "Why do you think that this is like what everybody wants? Why do you think that this is something that needs to happen?" And he turned me down, and we never got we never got down. Um, yeah. And we're the closest of friends. Like he is one of the best people in my whole entire life. And I'm forever thankful for him being one of the first people to really, and like, I'm just honestly kind of realizing this right now. Like he was one of the first people to really open my eyes and take the fog away. Like I refer to when, when I was living, uh, when I wasn't living mindfully, it, I was in like a fog, like in a, in a haze. Mm. And now everything is very clear. Like I'm very aware. I'm, I know what's going on. Um, and I'm very conscious. So he was one of the first people, and I guess that situation was one of the first situations to really um, give you a reality check. 
Yeah. And like the anxiousness to get onto that to topic other you? than just the, yeah, like, yo, that, I'm best. Right. And like, it didn't really, yeah, like, right. Like at the time, like, yeah, not to say right now and sound like a cocky a hole, but like at the time, yeah, like I couldn't believe it. And it didn't, it didn't stick with me in a way of like embarrassment. It almost fueled the fire. Like I wasn't prepared at the time to hear it. Hmm, you know that. what I'm saying? Like yeah. it, it didn't change anything totally for me immediately. Right. It was like the return came after like a year or so or like a few months. But after oh, that, wow. my ego was so bruised and I had so much like anxiousness around my sexual identity that I was like, no, like we're hmm. gonna we're gonna like make sure you know who the hell you are. <laughs> and that happened. So wow. for me that and you it, gained it, so much respect now for him because he opened yeah, your eyes. He did. And he's he's literally, I mean, you know him. Like, he's the greatest yeah. person. So, for real, uh, if he hears this, thank you. Uh, you're the best. And that, that for me, was, was game-changing. And then, uh, I, I mean, I have a lot to choose from. Uh, but I guess I can just, like, generalize my anxious, anxiety, panic attacks that I've had my whole life. Um, I hid them from my whole family forever. Like I would be young and not know what was going on and be screaming, crying into my pillow, like hmm. screaming at the top of my lungs. And for like 40 minutes, like, uh, like long, long periods of time. And no one would like, you know, like people, yeah, just, no one's there. No, no one knew, like no one knew what was going on. And I didn't know what was going on. And I wasn't old enough to know what was going on. Um, and I so was wait, just before like, you go, so like you didn't even know what was going. You didn't even know you were having panic anxiety. No, I just thought like something was like I was just something was wrong with me. Like something I didn't know wrong. what was happening. Yeah, like I and I and I like I, I almost thought it was internal. Like something was off hormonally. Like maybe something was like not right. Mm -hmm. um, but I, my dad actually like when I finally told him you know, that I was dealing with anxiety and told him the severity of the panic attacks that I was experiencing as well. He told me that he actually deals with anxiety really bad and his was really bad in college um, at the same time that I like uh, told him. So think about it. Like I didn't tell him my whole life. So I was like 20. Wow. 21. So you had that for damn near your whole life. Yeah. And no one knew. And, and now it feels good now that at people know and like I talk about it openly like you want to talk about panic attacks I'm your girl like I got you I like, <laughs> we, can, we can talk about what I do and what I experience and if anything I do will help you if you experience panic or anxiety um but honestly yeah. the, the the first person to to help me out with it was my dad and then he started doing a lot more research to help me out um mm, shout out to dad hell yeah the help didn't really come though until I was in like it, it it made the awareness there like how I was saying with the previous situation like it brought awareness mm -hmm. to the anxiousness and to the panic but um until I was in therapy and until I was having like tools and being worked every week like literally two days a week every week um mm. for 10 months of it really just like becoming muscle memory becoming uh a part of my life mm -hmm. being aware of it and learning how to work with it because you don't want to work against it. The whole thing is right. like you don't want to fight it. And people try to fight it. They're like, I don't like this. Yeah. Get out of here. And it's like, right. okay, right. We all feel that. But like, you have to accept it and be like, okay, I deal with this. Yeah. I'm going to mm -hmm. nurture you and love you to make you not as 
red hot. Get to the root of what it is, but a lot of people are are scared. A lot of people are scared or not scared or what what could you say? Yeah, I would say fearful. Like it's fearful and like they don't want to face it. Because, in denial, yeah. Right, right. Like, like the craziest thing ever is admitting to yourself that, like, all the things you fear are true, right? Mm. Like, everything that you fear that other people think about you are probably true. The right. only reason you fear them and you think that they're bad is because you fear them and you think that they're bad. So the, the issue starts with you. Hmm. If you don't face ev- – like, I'm loud, right? Like, I talk a lot. Yeah. Some people don't like that. It's not going to mean, like, I don't like that about myself, right. even though it did for a long time. And like, it used to make me uncomfortable when I would realize that I was talking too much and I would just like sit in discomfort and be like, oh my God, I just, you know, like talk people's ears off. But now I know, I notice and if I'm talking too much, I'll be like, okay, and I'll wrap up my statement and then I'll let someone else go. (laughs) Yeah. Like, and I don't feel bad about it. It's like, damn girl, you talk a lot. Like, cause this is who I am and I know. Exactly. Exactly. And I've talked a lot forever. Like my whole family, like I like to debate, let's say. And I talk, I talk a lot. So they all were pushing for law school for forever. And like, you know, that's what my goal was. And that's what I was going towards. But that's not my passion. Right. And pursuing like mindfulness and helping people. My whole thing is I wanted to help myself and in turn by helping myself help others. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and law school could have been that, but it's not in the, the platform that I that I want. So gotcha. right now, we're going to stick here. But um, my panic and my anxiety is very much so like built up. It's not like I, you, you know how before this, like we were talking, I couldn't find my, my headphones. Right. And I was having like minor anxiety, but I was breathing through it. And you know, like mm-hmm. I stayed calm and I didn't freak out. We got the headphones five minutes. It was cool. Like yeah, you're doing worked. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for, for the majority of my life and the majority of the time, it's not like that. Yes, that happens. And it's, it's manageable for me. And like that day to day, like anxiety is cool. But when I experience like how that gentleman, how you read his story. Yeah. That's more similar to what I go through. I feel like there's like, I'm trying to escape my body. Um, and that's why I'm screaming. And that's why I'm crying and sobbing. And like literally at the top of my lungs, trying to get all the shit I feel on the inside out. Out. Hmm. because it it's it i don't it can't be in there anymore and it's almost like you know how people talk about like overflow like yeah or too much water yeah then the cup overflows it's like that and like it just can't stay in there anymore um so what i learned from having these like couple every couple months you know what it is like massive massive let outs is that if you implement things in your day-to-day life that can minimize the day-to-day anxiety that builds up over time, you can reduce or completely eliminate the massive um, attacks that happen. And for me, that has happened. Um, I definitely, yeah. I'm glad they've like reduced, I on this show. For sure. Uh, I'm glad that, you know, I can take some things that you said and use it. Um, I just wanted to, <clears throat> I just wanted to get into like, basically the bad habits um from my story we're not bad ha- well some bad habits and how it has impacted me um so like, after that situation with the girl so like now let me be clear i never did anything anything but i honestly thought for a while that i was gay like i was scared to talk to females like really? i wouldn't even t- i wouldn't even talk to a female 
Like, I don't care if she came on to me, like, like my picture on Instagram. Like, I was scared. Like, I didn't talk. It traumatized you. It Yeah, it traumatized me. And I really thought, like, are you gay? Like, how could your body ever betray you like that? Like, how right. could you ever, like, embarrass me like that? And um, I honestly, like, went through, like, a deep, deep, dark phase. And, like, and I'm not, I'm not even exaggerating when I say this. Um, I would literally watch porn maybe three to four times every single day. Even at work, I would find time to watch porn because mm-hmm. I had to get I had to get that out of my head some way somehow. And I never said this on a previous episode. I never said that. I was watching right. porn maybe three four times a day to where you know it was it, it hurt like my penis started to hurt like. But I had to, my ego was so bruised. And every time I saw the girl, like, I would try to have sex with her again. And, like, she would, like, right. turn me down or laugh. And, like, that would just bruise my ego even more. Exactly, because you were looking for the, the proof somewhere else. Yeah, and I just, like, I felt like at one time, like, I wanted, like, to, I wanted to die. I ain't even going to lie. I wanted to die because I was so embarrassed. My ego was bruised and, like. I'm not exaggerating. Every single day I would go to work, I would smoke maybe two or three blunts. Um, well, I smoke papers. I would smoke maybe two or three to the face before work and drink like half a bottle of Henny or like whatever liquor that I had. Like ho- the whole bottle, I would I would drink it and like be higher drunk as fuck. All yeah. Time. Like just going through a real, real, real bad time. Um, I understand and- that. The second, the second part um, of how it affected me is like I've had relationships since that incident has happened, but now me not being able to perform has happened again with them, and it's just like, bro, like what the fuck? Like I'm like what like like that that affected me so much, and now is at the point to where I don't even think like a, a woman will ever accept me. Like, will I be good enough? Hell yeah, bro. You are good enough right now. And the thing is, is like, it happens. Yeah. And, but these are daily things that like I think of. And you just have to, you just have to work, you have to work through it and know that that doesn't define you. Like my body didn't define me. I define me. And like, even if someone thinks I'm annoying, but they like my body, it's almost like now, like F you, like I don't care because I care more about the fact that I'm annoying or I'm loud or I talk a lot. Like whatever you want to label me as, how you feel like, cool, I am that like dope, but it's not a bad thing. And it's, and it's not a shameful thing. Like we all have things that make us ourselves. And like, honestly, yeah, like you just, it's, it's all internal at this point. You just got to release that. Like you, you got to release that, bro. Yeah. We'll help you you through it. Don't you worry. And you're not alone. (laughs) You're yeah, not, I, so yeah any guy out there that, you know, some guys have reached out to me before, during the first episode and, you know, said, wow, this is a real life situation that a lot of men don't talk about. So I'm right. really trying to bring awareness to that. Like, it's OK. It happens. Talk about it. And like, I'm even like, like I said, I'm jumping out of my comfort zone, explaining my scars to the world. Right. Um, yeah. But the, we're doing it so that way we can let other people know that they're not alone okay. and it's OK to heal. Like right. it's okay to heal and healing doesn't feel good. Let's just put that out there. Healing does not feel good. When you break a bone and you're recovering, it does not feel good. Like it's the same, it's the same thing. You're going to be digging up a ton of mental trauma, a ton of inner things that you've suppressed and forgot about. And like, 
a lot of inner childhood things, but like mental health is very important and learning who you are, Mm -hmm. who you are, like when no one's around, that's okay. So you know how you asked me about moving to California and if I would have been by myself, Yeah, you cannot hide from someone you live with at all. So like, think about that for yourself. Like you live inside your body, right? Like you cannot run from yourself. You cannot hide from the person that's within your body your body and Beth my therapist she used to say we're just a bunch of souls in a meat sack and like she's right mm. you know and and I mean I'll drop a gem here too one of the best and this might be hard to like conceptualize so if it is let me know um and if we need to like go deeper on it for sure but one of my best friends uh damn near a decade ago again told me something way before I was ready to hear it but it always stuck with me um it just makes a lot more sense now he told me that I need to envision, like when I when I'm watching my life and like my actions and when I'm taking part in my day to day things, don't look at it from like your eyes. Imagine you're watching it from like a spirit angle, like floating above you, if you will, if that creates a visual. Like, think about it coming from your soul's perspective rather than from your actual eyeballs. And like, if you detach and you see that, like, okay, my consciousness is one thing and my body is is like holding that. And you can identify like those are separate, but they come together. And if you can act through the, not in the day to day, like, okay, I need you this, this, that. And then you're not thinking like, if you can be conscious and think from that, that perspective and live from uh-huh. that perspective, it really changes the ball game. Huh. And like, I always try, like, I didn't know what he meant at the time, but like the way he described it to me, it kind of, I was like, okay, like see it from a higher perspective. Like, got it. Uh, but, but now it makes a lot of sense. And now I know, I know what he's talking about. And I just, I try to think about it visually again, like as if you have a set of eyeballs behind your regular eyeballs and they can be whatever color you want, um, whatever feels good to you. Uh, they can change. It doesn't have to be the same every day, but think that you're really seeing from those and you're just seeing, but looking through your human eyes. Hmm. That's, I know that's that's a lot, but it, it is. Uh, I kind of get it, but um, I well, I wanted to wrap it up soon, but I yeah, can explain sure. that later. Uh, we can talk about that off air. Um, I'm gonna yeah. have you another show too to you know talk about this. Yes, uh, and I definitely want to have you on when I launch my matching shots. So yes. we will definitely be talking more and more. We have definitely. good conversation. Uh, definitely for sure. Um, could you give like us an example of how, you know, your anxiety, you know, or, or what, how has it affected you and your like bad habits? Like what were you doing or? Oh yeah. I mean, so when I was really going through a dark time when I was in therapy, uh, again, I'll, I'll talk more about like the specifics on that, but like when I was going through that, I, didn't want to face and feel like all the shit that I was going to feel to be Mm. honest. Like I didn't want to at all. I was running away from your problems. Yeah. So I was stripping back everything and I was just trying to numb the pain out. So like at that time I wasn't even consciously like intuitively smoking. Like I was just getting high because I didn't want to feel anything and like smoking uh, cannabis. Let's make Mm. that clear right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like I was just getting really, really, high to not feel anything and I knew it at the time and I, I didn't care I didn't take the the action to not be doing that and to let myself feel so it's all a growing process like I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I don't smoke now to 
get high and not feel something because that's not true. Um, there are days where that happens. However, the awareness is different and the perception is different. And the way I go about it is different. Um, I'll journal and I'll really get to the root of the problem or I'll EFT tap and, and you know, like bring the, bring the issue to the surface and try to try to heal it through that um, or oh. guided, guided meditations. But smoking yeah. was definitely labeled as a bad habit back in Pennsylvania because it's not legal. Um, mm -hmm. Out in California, it's like not a problem. Um, so if you see me, if you see me posting about it, it's uh, because it's not a problem and it's a part of my daily life. So I don't have a problem with it out here, but now I'm more intuitive and I, I smoke for anxiety purposes and to calm my brain down rather than to numb myself and right. get. I remember, super high. You were, yeah, you smoke with a purpose now, and I like yeah, that. I do. Uh, Cause I used to smoke weed every day and like I was literally smoking with no purpose. I just was waking right. up rolling up. Cause it's habitual at that point. You're just doing it. And like, like now might... with, mm -hmm. go, ahead. go ahead. No, yeah, you go now. With no, I was just saying like, now you smoke to help you meditate and, you know, yeah, to free yourself and make, you know, calm down your nerves and things like that. It brings me to normalcy in my brain. Like mm -hmm. I, my brain runs very fast and there's a reel on my Instagram and it's about uh, thoughts and how they pass by like clouds and you just like notice them, like let them pass by, you know, you get to pick and choose which one you look at, but they're still going to keep passing by and right. to like shake the bad ones out. I literally will say like, ew, out loud, like get out of here. You know, like I don't, I don't want to think about you. Right. Um, but smoking like now is like how you said a, a practice for me. Mm -hmm. So I'll sit down, um, I'll get my rolling tray out, I'll break up the weed by hand, like I don't use a grinder, so I'll like sit and really- Are you like, don't use a grinder? Okay. No, I'll sit and I'll like nicely pull apart the nugs and, you know, line it up and, and go through the process and then either I'm rolling or someone else is rolling, but either way, like that whole process is mindful for me now and I don't just like smoke to get high. Sometimes. <laughs> Like sometimes definitely to like get have fun have a fun time, but like I enjoy smoking and I enjoy the purpose that I use it for now. But like I said, as my thoughts race, like the process of breaking down the weed and and rolling it up and taking the time to smoke, like it really slows my thoughts down. But the cannabis itself has that effect. So like it it just brings me to like I'm I'm straight. Like I feel I feel like I can. Uh, process everything it's not moving too fast right like like it's not it's not an overdrive i'm just like ready to actually right. drive the car better. yeah i get it you're you know just what moving i'm saying at your pace you're calm relaxed. right because my pace and the pace that runs like my pace as a person and as a human like walking and doing all these things is different than the pace that's going on inside my brain sometimes inside my brain it's like light you know it's like light years moving super fast right but but I'm in my body, it's moving like regular people speed. So it puts my, my brain almost feels like it starts to blow smoke because it's going so hard and my, and it's just like a mismatch. So mm -hmm. the cannabis for me in that process really um, matches me up and I feel in sync and I feel ready to take on every day. Okay. Uh, oh, we have a caller. Uh, Coley. I'm about to, I'm about to pick up. For sure. Let me see. 
Are you here? No. Okay, he's not. He's not on. Sorry, Spicoli. That's all um, right. So before we get out of here, though, I just I this is a poem that I had wrote a while ago. I said it on the episode "Anxiety and Depression." I like I. It's an old poem, but you know, this is how I was feeling at the time. I wrote this poem July twenty third, two thousand nineteen, at five oh one. But it goes like this. I said, I'm alone with my thoughts, battling inner demons within screaming. The devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. You won't win. You won't win. Where do I even begin? Got so much on my mind. Some days I feel like I'm running out of time. Sip wine and relax and kick back. Then boom, depression claps back. Don't believe your bad thoughts. They are not true. My mind is going wild. It's like I'm living in a fucking zoo. Am I sane or am I just depressed? One thing I know for sure, you are blessed. So don't stress and be depressed. Just pray and let God handle the rest. Wow. So that's wow. something that I had wrote when I was going through my struggles. Um, I have goosebumps, bro. Yeah. I do a little poetry too, so. Um, that was incredible. Yeah. So, I got a lot more poetry, but that was something like one of my deepest, darkest thoughts. Um, well, thank you very much for sharing that with me and with everyone who's going to be listening. That was really transparent into your journey. Yeah. So I'm in a better space than I am now. Still fighting every single day, but I'm much better than where I used to be in, uh, in the, the process, the steps. The little steps that I'm taking, that's what matters. And I'm going to take what you said into consideration. I'm reading some books. I know you sent me some books in our Heck text yeah. message. So um, I'm going to start, you know, getting better with fighting my anxiety. And, you know, when I have anxiety attacks, identifying them. So um, Right. Maybe we can get something going with the books. We'll, like, send each other a new book. And anybody else who wants to, to join, we can, we can get that going. If anybody has any recommendations... Um, you can send them my way. You can send them your way, and yeah. we'll see. What, we'll grow the community and get everybody reading. You know, That's right. get everybody Take growing. Take your mental health seriously. Health is wealth. Yes, yes, so, <laughs> and uh, wellness. That's right. Health Amen. So everybody that's joined the show, Spicoli, SN, SNMQ fifty two DN five JRAT. Thank you for the raper. I think man cave. Thanks to everybody that's joined. Angie, I appreciate all you guys. Um, definitely hit up my girl, Beth. Text my, text Be Mindful. Sign up for free daily messages. It's positive messages to start off your day. Um, and is there anything you have to say, Beth? Yes. No, I mean, thank you for having me. I had a great time. I'm looking forward to doing this again. And as always, make it a great motherfucking day. Make it a great motherfucking day, y'all. Season three. This is the first episode, Mental Health with Beth. All right, y'all. Yes. Thank you, Beth, for joining. Everybody Thank you. else. Peace.